Good morning. Uh, this is Marlene Tadros. Uh, my guest today is uh, Dr. Taqalum al-Khatib. Um, he is uh, a lecturer at the Free University in Berlin, Germany, and he studied his PhD between Princeton um, University and between the Free University. Um, yeah. was he was also the former coordinator of the political communications dossier with the Egyptian National Association for Change from 2011 until 2013. Um, welcome, Dr. Uh, Al-Khatib. Hello, welcome. Thank you so much, Marlene. Um, so my first question to you is, I know that you left Egypt for studies. Yeah. What happened after that? Uh, I think so after uh, uh, 2013, after the military coup, I left Egypt to Germany to uh, start my study at the Free University of Berlin because I had a fellowship because uh, at, the, at that time I worked at the university as assistant lecturer. And um, after that, during my study also here in Berlin, um, it was uh, the problem of uh, the two islands, Tehran and Sanofir. And um, uh, when the Egyptian president, Abdel Fattah Sisi, gave these islands to Saudi Arabia, and um, I, I, um, I went to the library of Berlin. This is the uh, second biggest or the, the biggest uh, library in the world after the Congress uh, library. Um, I collected the map, uh, the historical map from the library and sent it to the uh, uh, Khaled Ali in Egypt. Uh, he is uh, the famous uh, uh, lawyer in Egypt. And uh, Khaled Ali and also his uh, uh, team uh, presented uh, these uh, um, uh, maps, uh, historical maps to the court. And after that, uh, the, the court decided that these islands uh, uh, belong to, the, uh, uh, to Egypt. Egypt. Hmm. Yeah, actually. Yeah. So this is, was uh, a very strong evidence that we have a historical map because I don't know if you have any uh, information about that, that the Egyptian regime um, uh, uh, trying to uh, disappear all of the uh, evidence, historical evidence in Egypt yes. uh, related to the, the islands. And after yeah. that, I had a problem in a way with the Egyptian embassy in Berlin because the, uh, uh, the cultural attaché uh, of the Egyptian embassy uh, tried to confiscate my passport in a way, and they uh, sent uh, a lot of emails that you have to come to uh, to give us your your passport, something like that. I refused anyway to uh, to give uh, my passport up, so because uh, I'm they're very famous my, my, in Berlin uh, in yeah. particular. They're very famous yeah. that embassy for what it does with the people. Yeah. Yeah, actually, yeah, because uh, and all of the time they are writing different reports about right. uh, about uh, the uh, uh, um, the um, Egyptian politicians in Berlin, and also um, uh, I think so. You know that that uh, the uh, embassy wrote um, a report against Ismail Skandarani, the Egyptian journalist, who works uh, about about yeah. Sinai. So yeah. and they are trying also to do the same thing with me. So I refused to give up my, my passport. And Ismail and, now is in prison. 
Yeah, actually, fourteen years. Yes. Uh, uh, military prison, in a way. Right. So, and uh, after that, um, I tried yani, uh, to protect myself because it was a very, very uh, hard time. And after that, they cancelled my uh, my scholarship, uh, and um, I, uh, yeah, I, I, I couldn't told you do to anything. Go back. Yeah. Yeah. They they, they tried uh, to to enforce me to go back to Egypt. In a way. I refused that, and I applied for another scholarship uh, in Germany, and I got it. This is one of the most important uh, scholarships uh, here in Germany. Uh, and after that, uh, I applied also um, uh, for the Princeton University, and I got also uh, the acceptance from my professor and from the Department of History at at the Princeton University and I went there uh, and I started my PhD between Princeton and also between uh, Free University of Berlin and I was a visiting scholar at Princeton University. Uh, it is a really a wonderful time I spent uh, in a way in, in, in Princeton and it's I miss Princeton place. so much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Beautiful place. Yeah. 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 Uh, so and uh, after that, yeah, I uh, actually um, uh, ten months ago, I uh, finished my PhD and I got the title. <laughs> yeah. So, and my PhD was about uh, the history. Yeah. Thank you so much. My PhD was about the history of the Egyptian Jews in Egypt because this is very uh, important to understand the history of the Egyptian society and also the Egyptian uh, states. And uh, currently, I'm working in a, in a project about the resilience between the um, Egyptian uh, uh, opposition in exile and the same opposition during the 1919 revolution mm. because we uh, have uh, the same uh, the same opposition during the 1919 revolution uh, the uh, British colonial rule sent a lot of uh, Egyptian uh, politicians uh, in a foreign exile like Mohammed Farid Mohammed Farid was in Berlin in Berlin uh, and yeah yeah. And the uh, national uh, party, that's uh, the political party, which has been established by uh, by Mustafa Kamel. And so I'm trying to understand the, the mechanism uh, uh, which has been utilized by the uh, the opposition during the 1919 revolution to counter the British colonial rule, and also uh, the same mechanism with the uh, uh, current uh, current opposition in exile. Mm. Uh, post-2013 exile. It's fascinating. Yes, um, I'd love to read that at some point. Um, Hopefully. So, <laughs> yeah. So, so you're considered, so did you apply for asylum uh, in no, Germany? I didn't. No. no, I didn't because so, uh, actually I had, uh, as I told you, I, I got um, uh, a scholarship, scholarship and yeah. also, yeah, actually, and um, I worked also as uh, um, as a translator, yeah. German, uh, German Arabic, and also German English and German and uh, English Arabic. Yeah, and I paid taxes and everything, so I don't need also to apply for asylum. But just now I have a problem. Maybe in six months I have to renew my passport. Exactly. So, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, actually, renew is, the Egyptian passport. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm waiting just now. Uh, what's 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 going on? I I couldn't expect because you know that's because they have a problem in a way with the German uh, government uh, or with the European governments. So we have to wait. Uh, what is the next step? I, I, I don't know. So I have, uh, I have to wait. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
So when you say they have a problem, uh, what do you mean? That's mean uh, people uh, like me and the uh, politicians like me in Europe, uh, they have the ability also to renew their pass, uh, passports because you know they have ties with the uh, foreign officers and uh, right. the, uh, with the press and maybe it, it makes a pressure on the Egyptian uh, embassies or the Egyptian regime. So yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. Um, I wanted just to have this clarification in particular. Yeah, this is um, very important, yeah. Also. <laughs> yes. So, uh, did you work in politics or have any interest in politics before the revolution? Yes, sure. I uh, actually, I worked with Kifaya movement. Okay. This is, was uh, the first... The first, uh, yeah. Yeah, the first movement in Egypt was, uh, which... Um, One uh, chain. Uh, yeah, actually, yeah, and uh, also uh, have been uh, established in uh, 2005 against the Egyptian yes. former right. uh, Egyptian President Mubarak. And uh, uh, 2008, um, uh, I was appointed at the university as the, as the lecturer because uh, as I, I remember that I have a problem with the Egyptian security forces and they prevented me also to get my job. So I made a case for the... Uh, for uh, the uh, the court, and the court decided that I have a, the right to start my job. Uh, and uh, 2010, I remember um, at at that time I had a scholarship also from Germany from the Heidelberg University, and I prepared myself uh, to um, actually to move to Germany. But when Mohammed Baradi got back to Egypt, um, I worked with him. Uh, at the National Association for Change, and uh, it was like the umbrella for all of the uh, Egyptian um, yeah, political movements at that time. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was at the time um, um, the coordinator of the political communications that was here with the Egyptian National Association for Change. Right. Yeah. Right. So, and uh, I think so, it was a very important time for all of the Egyptian people and uh, especially this is, uh, uh, I saw that as the last step before the revolutionary uprising in Egypt, because I think so Muhammad al-Baradi uh, uh, played a crucial role uh, to support democracy in Egypt and also support people to uh, go to the streets really uh, and yeah, actually uh, demand the uh, democracy and the freedom also. Yeah. Um, a lot of people try to discredit him now and try yeah, to give him that um, that um, honor that he that he at least tried. Um, yeah, this is this is a political polarization, and I think so. We will speak about political polarization in Egypt, which uh, uh, started uh, um, after the uh, uh, 2011 uh, uh, revolution uprising, especially after Mubarak abdicated power. So I think so that. We will speak about that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, um, so what in your view went wrong with the revolution? Uh, this is a big question. In yes, I know. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, a big question, but I, I will try to, uh, to give you a brief answer about that. I think so. Uh, it's uh, just now 
nine years since the military coup took place, uh, uh, seven years uh, since the military coup took place in Egypt on 30 July 2013. But in spite of the fire attacks uh, waged by the, the current regime, the 2025 January Revolution that was overthrown in that coup continues to cast its shadow upon Egypt's uh, political sense. Yes. And um, I think so. The problem actually that the regime creates 25 January as a movement, while it is in fact an idea that manifests itself in three ways through life, freedom, and social justice. Mm -hmm. The Egyptian regime has long sought to undermine this concept and turn it into a movement, thus making it easier to destroy. Uh, the first problem uh, for, uh, uh, or uh, the first mistake that we have made during the revolution, I'm speaking here about the uh, opposition in a way, uh, that we, until today also, we don't have a political, uh, political project. So, and this is a very important issue because if we have uh, any, uh, without political project, we couldn't also to be uh, or to speak about the future of the Egyptian uh, state and also to about the future of the Egyptian uh, revolutionary uprising. And this is was uh, 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 a cause for the political polarization. Political polarization started uh, in March 2011, uh, especially with the battle uh, was which was orchestrated over Egypt's referendum and the 2012 constitutions. And I think so you remember that. Yeah. The first, uh, the constitution or the referendum. Exactly. And I, I remember uh, uh, El Baradai was, was very much uh, in favor of uh, constitution first. Yeah. And yeah, so yeah. yeah. Uh, I remember that also constitutions played a crucial role. I know that, but this is was uh, the first problem and was the beginning of the political polarization in Egypt. And also, I can say something because it is more important here. In addition, the notion of maintaining all institutions, such as the judicial authority and security services, without meaningful reforms or forge highlighted an attempt to clone the old regime and renew its ascendancy. And I think so this, uh, this has been uh, recurring them in many revolutions worldwide, like what happened in Romania with Ceausescu and uh, different uh, also dictators over the world. Mm -hmm. After that, uh, first point that we have, uh, we don't have a, a political uh, project or political vision. And uh, just now in exile, uh, has become more difficult than before because mm -hmm. the Egyptian uh, uh, opposition um, didn't um, uh, uh, have any experience uh, uh, to build an organization outside the structure of the Egyptian state. Just only we have three examples. They succeeded to establish their uh, organizations uh, uh, from from the outside, uh, the first is the Muslim Brotherhood, the second is the uh, Egyptian Church, and also Nadi Al Ahli, that uh, the Ahli clubs when yeah to counter the uh, British colonial rule. So okay. this was our experience just now, and also the Egyptian uh, opposition has really uh, uh, huge problems. So the first, as I told, uh, project uh, uh, political project, and. Uh, 
uh, organizational structure and financial aid and also the scores and the leader so mm -hmm. this is the five things because and i think so it will continue also um, after that uh, and um, after the revolutionary uprising i was and um, i tried to to read the uh, the the sense in egypt also to 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 understand what happened also and uh, the very important questions for me was how would the revolution undermine or rather how would the counter revolution conducted mm. this is, was a very interesting uh, uh, point um i think so in egypt the uh, this uh, i think so when i i, I talked about the uh, cloning of the uh, old institution in egypt like judiciary authority or something like that this cloning occurred through uh, uh, different entities such as the transitional government set up to manage the country's political sense in 2011-2012. And this government was uh, infectual, which became clear through the uh, remedial solution offered by the former, uh, 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 former prime minister, Issam Sharaf. Uh, and also, uh, in addition, the interior ministry, as it continues to, to do, uh, actually now, represented the security arm being used to assault the revolution. The army was used in various ways, such as the 2011 slaughter of Coptic Christians, what's called the uh, massacres of Maspiro, and the 2013 Rabah Square massacres. The security entity has uh, uh, tried, uh, had, has been put to work under the guise of media coverage, and that acts as a defensive wall against the reality of what's happening in, in, in the street also. So this is uh, was uh, the second mistake or the uh, second uh, uh, mechanism utilized against the Egyptian uh, revolution uprising, which were the same ones utilized against the Muslim Brotherhood. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah. and I yeah actually yeah. Uh, uh, after that I think so that. Um, uh, the state also has undermined the revolution through its collaboration with political Islamist forces. And these forces are not one united bloc. There are factions with close ties to the state security apparatus and the ruling a class such as Salafist and Nur Party. And they are the, uh, uh, the, the friend, if, if, if it's possible to say that, uh, or um, where uh, the Egyptian, uh, they are the friend of the Egyptian uh, uh, president Abdel Fattah Sisi. Uh, so this is, was the second or the third uh, mechanism. Uh, yeah. So this is, was my uh, my uh, my point about the Egyptian uh, Egyptian revolution uprising at that time and our mistakes also. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Um, so. Tell me a little bit about the the Brotherhood regime, uh, which they the, took over right after the um, the revolution. Uh, after the revolution, I think so. Um, I think so. Um, the uh, the Muslim Brotherhood was or were at at that time the strong opposition in the street. Mm -hmm. and they collaborated with the egyptian army to undermine the revolution they did. so yeah 
Yeah, they did actually. They did also, but uh, you know they have a lot of problems, uh, such as uh, special, special or several questions about the Islamic uh, renewal, uh, mm. and uh, they uh, the revivalism. Answer, yeah. yeah, actually, uh, what does actually mean for for uh, when we are talking about Islam? What does actually mean that the Islam is a solution? Mm -hmm. So they didn't didn't get the answer and. Uh, it is it is very important to highlight here that when I studied my PhD about uh, the uh, Egyptian uh, Jews uh, from 1915 until 1952, I discovered that the Egyptian uh, since the 1919-1919 revolution, several questions uh, have been continued to be asked in the Egyptian state and society, and the Arab Spring uprising made these questions newly relevant, so they remain unanswered. They include such issues as the states of minorities in Egyptian society, Jews, then Coptics today, and the yes. relationship to the state, the state and society's attitude toward minorities, the prevalence of nationalist thought in the economy and society, and its impact on both, and uh, the meaning of Islamic renewal, anti-colonialism, and national independence, right. and the attitude toward the Palestinian cause. The Arab Spring added the issue of human rights, which became a prominent subject of discussion. Yeah. So this is uh, the same thing, and also I discovered that that the same question um, have been asked by the uh, Egyptian society during the 1919 revolution under the British colonial rule. They are the same ones uh, have been asked by or uh, were asked by the uh, the Egyptian uh, society during the 2011 revolution uprising. This is a very important item. Handed years without change. <laughs> yes, I, I. It's fascinating. Yes, I, I agree. Same questions. Um, okay, I remember also uh, that one of the things that the regime did was, uh, the, the Sisi regime, was take control of the media immediately. Yeah. Uh, immediately. I mean, right away he started um, uh, consolidating uh, media, mm -hmm. He, uh, he started giving just one voice, uh, mm -hmm. no more multiple voices. Um, how do you think people uh, could, could counter that? Because now the media is completely, I mean, during Mubarak's time, we did have a certain degree, a margin, of freedom. Mm -hmm. We did. Um, I remember as human rights activists, we could write an article and it could be published in a, in a newspaper. Um, we, we were invited to TV shows. We were able, uh, for the most part, just with a few annoyances, but we were able to organize workshops uh, or conferences. Now, we can't do that. Nobody can do that without mm -hmm. the regime. How do we come out of that? How do we spread awareness, especially mm -hmm. to the people who are, um, I, I hate to call them the silent majority because I, they, I don't think they're the silent majority. They're the disinterested majority. Mm -hmm. How do you mm -hmm. really counter all that? Mm -hmm. 
um, and get the message across to people? Uh, yeah, this is a very important question, I think so. But do you know that uh, now at the, the time of globalization, it will be uh, difficult uh, to uh, block all of, of, of medias, yeah? And I think so now uh, in the post-2013, that's post-exile post 2013, uh, uh, the, the opposition in, 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 in exile uh, established uh, uh, different media and uh, online outlets. So, mm -hmm. And uh, 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 the Egyptian opposition that left Egypt to its new diaspora brought with it the same problems. That's, uh, this is another question, but I think so that, um, I mean here I'm speaking about um, that the Egyptian uh, exiles have created a number of Arabic language media and online outlets, some of which was able uh, uh, able to gain cons uh, considerable uh, uh, audience in inside Egypt and amongst exiled groups in diaspora. Mm -hmm. These uh, uh, online outlets are a very critical of Egyptian regime, and uh, they are. They have but are they critically important? So they yes, are. Yes. They are critical of the regime, but are they? critically important in sending the message because the regime keeps undermining them and the the concept in egypt is well you're outside egypt leave us alone right we hear that concept a lot from a lot of people yeah so uh, yeah mm -hmm. okay how do we let people understand that people outside still have the interest of Egypt in mind and that we yeah. can still talk and, uh, and support civil society. Yeah, this is, uh, I, I can say something. You mentioned here the uh, majority, the silent majority. Mm. And I have to mention uh, or to highlight one point here that uh, uh, when the Egyptian army undermined the revolution, utilized uh, a strategy. Uh, this strategy involves bringing the silent majority against the opposition leaders mm. by creating a security vacuum on the streets and propagating the lie of right. the collapse of the police forces and the uh, uh, false blame of, uh, for this on the revolutionaries. So right. um, this is, was a tactic from uh, another tactic from the Egyptian uh, army. But just now with the, the social media, with uh, the different uh, outlets uh, online and also with uh, media and online outlets, especially I'm speaking here about Ashraf and Mikamilin. I know that uh, these um, these channels uh, have uh, ideological background. Uh, most of them uh, belongs to the Muslim Brotherhood. But I think so they are playing just now crucial role uh, to uh, 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 in, 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 uh, to counter mobilize the, uh, yeah mobilize people in Egypt yeah sure but do you know that mobilize uh, but also have... radicalize don't you think um, about radicalize yeah I don't think so but I think they that most of them they don't have an experience in media so yeah. but uh, when we are talking about uh, about these channels I think so. The most important questions about the financial aids for these channels, mm -hmm. yeah. So the resources, financial resources. Right. Here. So these right. are very important questions, and I think so. It comes from the Muslim Brotherhood, mm. and I think so. Uh, the Muslim Brotherhood 
they they don't have any future in Egypt yeah, uh, to play any role in the future. That's I mean political political uh, uh, future future. So because they have a different a different problem or several problems, and uh, until today they didn't uh, uh, resolve them. Uh, yeah, resulted it, and they didn't speak also about the reform uh, of the Muslim Brotherhood. What does it actually mean? And the separation also between uh, religion and politics in Egypt, right. especially. And uh, yeah, so this is very important. And I think so. People in Egypt will refuse the Muslim Brotherhood to play any. They do. They do. Yeah. And and every yeah. time we talk about any kind of reconciliation between yeah. the other, the people are rejecting it one hundred percent. I mean, yeah. I have yeah. seen people pro reconciliation mm -hmm. with the Brotherhood because. People feel betrayed by the brotherhood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and Just, yeah. rightly so. They have been. We have been betrayed. Um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But do As they not you. have a future? I mean, you said they. You don't think they have a future in politics in Egypt? You don't think so? Yeah. I, I think so because they have to change a lot of things. Yeah, related to the organizations because. You know, until today, uh, they have uh, a lot of questions related to what does uh, uh, Islam means. Yeah, what does Islam mean? What does uh, the uh, the the Islam uh, the Islam is is a solution mean? So they have to 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 answer this these questions for the Egyptian people, and I think so. They have just now a lot of disputes, so uh, they have to uh, to find a solution for uh, uh, these problems, and after that, they will be ready. But I think so with another form, not mm -hmm. with the special these forms, because if they dissolved the Muslim Brotherhood, and I'm, I'm, I'm still demanding that the Muslim Brotherhood have to be dissolved, like the NDB, Mubarak's NDB also, and uh, to build a new political parties in Egypt, mm -hmm. because uh, the, uh, like what happened in, in, in Turkey, uh, also in Tunisia, and I think so they, they will not have, uh, they will not be able uh, uh, to to play any future uh, any role in the in the in the Egyptian uh, political uh, the, the future of the Egyptian uh, politics. So mm -hmm. I think so that we have to focus on our problem. When I'm speaking about the opposition in Egypt in exile, that we have to find uh, the solution for uh, uh, several questions like the uh, organization and also leadership. The, Political project and also mm. uh, the uh, the uh, discourse that's I mean the political discourse to mobilize people in Egypt. Yeah. So yeah. without these five things, we will not be able also to play any role in Egypt. All right. One of your tweets said um, you were talking. Um, I think this year, I believe. Um, and you spoke about how the government, um, and I think you were talking about the Mubarak era, um, mm -hmm. how they deliberately left uh, government schools unkempt with poor staff and less prepared students. Um, mm -hmm. Why do you think that is? Yeah, do you know, because Mubarak, um, um, do you think uh, it's still happening? 
Uh, yes, of course, because uh, it's became, uh, yeah, I think so that Abdel Fattah Sisi destroyed everything in Egypt. And Mubarak also uh, had an experience in, in politics, but Abdel Fattah Sisi came from, 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 uh, from the army. Yeah. Yeah. So the uh, uh, military intelligence. And um, he is not a politician. So, but oh. Mubarak experienced that. So Mubarak played really a crucial role in the Egyptian uh, politics. But Abdel Fattah Sisi destroyed everything. And I think so. Uh, in 2011, what happened also, this was very important uh, that um, uh, the, uh, I, can, I can say th something about Jamal Mubarak because I think it was more important. Yeah. The, however, the uh, remarkable rise of Jamal Mubarak and his close business associates inside the NDB from right. around the year 2000 and their role in the succession questions was sowing the seeds of discord inside the NDB and with other state institutions, in particular, in particular the, 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 the army. Given the crucial role it has played in Egypt politics since 1952. So, mm. This is was like that we have in Egypt uh, two organizations, the army and the NDB. And the NDB in all the time um, uh, reproduced the politics in Egypt or managed the, the situation in Egypt. And the army uh, didn't accept that. So, and after that, I think um, as a result for that, the NDB became the only formal institutional uh, base mm -hmm. for grooming Gamal to power. Yes. But lacking formal support from other state institutions such as the military and the right. judiciary. Right. Yeah. So right. Mubarak's uh, capacity became increasingly dependent on the NDB. And this is, is a very important point. Mubarak's had an NDB party, but Sisi doesn't have, doesn't have the same one. So, mm. because, you know, Sisi has another strategy, I think. So Sisi has Sisi uh, uh, um, uh, 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 doesn't belong to any political party, but he has uh, an individual uh, loyal to him. So mm -hmm. this is the first. Uh, yeah. Yes. And uh, if you uh, saw the situation during the the uh, the COVID nineteen in Egypt, NDB has a strong network, especially in 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 in, in Upper Egypt. Yeah. And the Muslim Brotherhood had, had the same one. Yeah, so they worked together mm. uh, during the, uh, the COVID-19. So, and Abdel Fattah Sisi doesn't have the same one. So, and just now the people in Egypt, they are asking about the local election, why Abdel Fattah Sisi uh, uh, don't want uh, to, uh, to organize the local election in Egypt because he doesn't have network like the NDB and the Muslim Brotherhood. And if he did that, so he will lose anyway the 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 uh, the, the, the election. So, and uh, this is uh, the first uh, the important point that we have to understand about the role of the NDP in politics in Egypt. Mm -hmm. And I think so that Abdel Fattah Sisi destroyed everything. That we don't have uh, everything just in Egypt. We don't have politician uh, like opposition. We don't have uh, freedom. We don't have also. Uh, yeah. yeah, we yeah. don't have politics, we don't have civil society, we don't have media, yeah. we don't have anything. Um, yeah, actually, so, and um, and I think Sisi, as I told you, would uh, uh, not belong to a political party, but individuals, uh, right. loyal, 
to right. him and the Mubarak regime gained control of the new parliament uh, and thus undermining its uh, yani the authority of Abdul Fattah al-Sisi yeah okay um, and I think so uh, uh, um, the former NDB, uh, uh, NDB members and parliamentarians were uh, risk, uh, were um, or uh, came again to the sense, a political sense, yeah. So uh, yeah. and they allied also with the Abdul Fattah Sisi, yeah. Uh, so uh, just now, as I told you, we don't have uh, political parts, we don't have uh, freedom, we, we don't have a political process, we don't have anything in Egypt. So this is a situation and. Uh, at the time of Mubarak, we had um, like um, a, a little bit space, if it's possible to say that, to practice our, our freedom, to practice the election. But just now, uh, we don't have anything uh, uh, um, uh, under under the Abdul Fattah, under uh, the rule of Abdul Fattah Sisi. So, I think so. That what is the next step? The next step it will be. Um, uh, will be um, difficult to expect what will be happening in the future. And just now we have, uh, uh, it's maybe a demonstration in different uh, places in Egypt, different cities in Egypt. Yeah. Uh, what is the last outcome? I, I, don't, I couldn't I expect that. Yeah, I was just going to ask you about that. What uh, is your yeah. opinion about these protests that are happening? Um, I, I mean, not necessarily the outcome, uh, mm -hmm. but there are people abroad who are mm -hmm. also pushing people to go down on mm -hmm. the streets and protest. Mm -hmm. um, I, I personally don't like that. Uh, Why? I, I don't like it because I just don't like be sitting here in my comfortable office and uh, telling people, why aren't you down in the street? And they mm -hmm. are the ones who are putting their lives on the line and they are the ones who are getting arrested and, and you know, just take, getting huge prison sentences. Mm. So mm. for me, to push people to go down and protest from outside has this conflict with me. Um, mm -hmm. I, I don't like to do it. And mm -hmm. um, I, I get concerned when I see people doing it. But at the same mm -hmm. time, how do you get an initiative off the ground in Egypt yeah. under Sisi? I mean, under Mubarak, we could have said, no, if you're outside, stay outside, we're handling it here. But under mm. Sisi, we cannot do that. Under Sisi, yeah. we are more um, constrained, far more constrained, and we cannot do any initiative. Mm. Um, because everybody who tried to do even simple, even without protests, just meeting yeah. to do you know, to discuss change um, yeah, or to, yeah. to, to suggest that they will run for president. They're immediately yeah. arrested. So mm -hmm. what do we do? Where's the solution?
Yeah, this is uh, a big question, I can it say. Is. You know why? Because, yeah, because you know why uh, once the Muslim Brotherhood had been disbanded in Egypt, 2015, yes. the regime moved quickly to close down any and all channels of right. independent political expression. Uh, uh, and also asserted its control over virtually all sectors of the economy, displacing civilian actors in both public and the private sector. I think so, such uh, uh, situations or this situation also continues to pose a threat not only to political and public life, but to the future of Egypt as united country. Today under Sisi, I think so Egypt as a nation state is at risk of fracturing. Mm. So uh, this is the uh, this is the situation just now in Egypt, and we don't have a democratic alternative. And, no, don't. Uh, if yeah, so and if Abdel Fattah is Sisi abdicate of power, the army will control the uh, the stage also. The same thing what happened. During the 2000, so uh, how do you get rid of a, of, a, of a military regime? I mean, they have the power, they have the uh, arms, they have the equipment. Yeah. Um, how do you even control it? How do you even uh, have a discussion is, with it? Yeah, this is will be a long process. It's so long. and a long yeah. So, but we need just now in Egypt to more abdicated power, and I expect that in a way, so do you know, because we have- Why? Uh, the, uh, do you know that um, just now with the people under the ground in Egypt, mm. they don't affiliate it to any political parties or opposition. Oh, okay. Normal people went to the streets, okay, and chanting Abdel Fattah Sisi, demanding Abdel Fattah Sisi to step down. Yes. So they, as I told, they don't have any political background. So maybe we'll be able, and every day we see or we have uh, 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 several demonstrations in, 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 in several uh, uh, cities in Egypt. Yes. Aswan, Luxor. And you know, during the 2011 revolutionary uprising, people uh, in, in Upper Egypt, they didn't involve directly to the revolutionary uprising, but three days later, they involved it in, 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 right. in the revolutionary uprising. But just now they are playing crucial role to counter Abdel Fattah Sisi and his regime. So this is a very important thing that we are talking about people uh, who uh, doesn't have um, a political background. It's um, uh, it's very important. And um, also uh, they have, uh, they uh, do two of the uh, economical crisis in Egypt, they went to the street. Yeah, so, uh, but, about the army, just uh, uh, back to, to your questions about the army, that the first thing that we have to do in Egypt is uh, uh, the uh, national conciliation in Egypt. Yeah? The national? And after national conciliation. That, okay. That's what I mean. Yeah, reconciliation, yeah. Yeah, reconciliation, actually. Yeah. And after that, uh, the, Egypt, uh, the, the political project. And I think so that the army, we have to, uh, to, um, to be in dialogue with the Egyptian army. So, because the Egyptian army uh, uh, controls the, uh, the, the, the Egyptian economy and also politics uh, uh, since 1952 and it would not be easy to leave the power for the civilians. 
So we have uh, to, to understand that, that it will be a long process, but we have uh, to build our organizations and we have to struggle for democracy and for freedom. So this is, will be our way. And social justice. Without, yeah, so, social justice and also to practice politics inside political parties without organization. We will not be able to counter or to struggle for our dreams, for democracy. So we have to focus on it. This is the most important thing that we have to do to counter the Egyptian army. <laughs> yeah. Wonderful. Um, thank you very much, Dr. Al Khatib. Uh, this has been a very, very um, interesting talk. Um, and uh, I wish you all the best. Thank you, my pleasure. <laughs>